I'm Ramel London, and this is a special edition live recording of the mainstream podcast from the TV Foundation's New Voice Awards Amplify event. Good morning, everyone. How are you all doing? Do you know what? I'm going to be honest. I'm actually surprised that you lot are quite sprightly this morning. So I, I'm, in, I'm encouraged. I feel like this is going to be a good session. And um, it's all about doing it in the mainstream. So uh, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Ramel London. I am a broadcaster working on TV and radio, currently on Capital Extra every Saturday afternoon, 1 till 4 p.m. Check me out, guys. Check me out. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but I am also the founder of a creative platform called The Mainstream, which is my baby. It's all about literally sharing journeys into the creative industry, AKA The Mainstream. I feel like personally for me, I've had a very unique perspective of the industry. I've been both in production, but also in front of the camera. And I think it's really important that we share these tips, this knowledge as much as we can, because I didn't have a clue what I was doing. I graduated with a degree in broadcast journalism, but I literally had to do it DIY. So that's why I feel like it's really important to share these experiences with people as much as possible. And that is why I have such an incredible panel telling you how they are doing it in the mainstream as well. So please, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the stage, Mr. Teddy Nye and also Rabina Pabani. Oh, this is comfy. This looks good, people, right? Can we, first of all, can we give a big, big round of applause to the new Voice Awards Amplified team? It's about to be a good day. That's all I'm saying. Um, so if you do want to uh, share any content specifically for the mainstream, I'd love for you to do that. Uh, hit us up at the mainstream UK on Twitter, on Instagram, and hashtag the mainstream, and of course, hashtag new voice awards as well, and hashtag amplify, because we're about to get lit today. So, <laughs> I'm so excited to be speaking to the both of you, because you have really, really created such diverse ways and unique journeys into the industry. So I think, first of all, we need to get to know you guys. So, uh, we'll Hi, Ramel. <laughs> to be fair, I know Teddy. I've known Teddy a long time. He's kept me booked and busy. I can't even lie to you. So yeah, big up, Teddy. Uh, but we'll start with you, uh, Rubina. Please tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do in your journey. Sure, yeah, I'm Rabina Pavani. I feel a bit camouflaged that I wore all white and sat in a white chair. Um, I'm head of ITM Productions. I'm head of ITM Productions. I'm head of short form ITM Productions. And I co-host a podcast called Brown Girls Do It Too for BBC Sounds. Whoop, whoop, whoop. We love podcasts. Sorry, I'm obsessed. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Teddy, tell us about yourself. A little bit about the journey because you've been in this game a while obviously you look 21 but <laughs> thank you that's a nice start to the day thank you <laughs> but yeah tell us a little bit about your journey into the mainstream and your popping business thank you Ramel. i appreciate the lovely introduction um also big up yourself big up you Rubina. big up the tv foundation and edinburgh tv festival and the nvas and everybody in the audience <laughs> good morning <laughs> shout out all the fully focused team gabby Yana, everyone, hey love. Um, so Teddy Nye is my name, and um, <laughs> directing is my game. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, so I started um, directing years ago, 
and um, had my own journey into things. But I know we're going to come to that later. So what I also am is the co-founder and creative director of Fully Focused. And we have a few strands. We have Fully Focused Productions, Fully Focused Community, MYM Academy, and MYM The Channel. Shout out anyone that watches. If you're not subscribed, you should. It's the best films on YouTube. Cheese. <laughs> Thank you so much. No, honestly, you both had such incredible, incredible journeys, both behind the screen and behind the mic. Um, but I'm going to start with you, actually, Teddy, because, like I said, we've, we've worked together many times. And just to, just to add a little more heat to his repertoire, um, Fully Focus is the UK's leading youth-driven production company, which has had two other incredible strands, Million Youth Media and MYM Academy, um, which I think is so incredible that you have dedicated yourselves to supporting the next generation of creators, filmmakers, and specifically underrepresented talent. That is so important, and just thank you for your contributions. Oh, um, you. But thank why you. in particular did you decide to focus on youth production? So um, that story is connected to my own experiences as a, a youngster growing up in, in London. And um, bring this around. And so I was kicked out of school at the age of 15 and I went on my own kind of mad journey. And one of the things that I found on that journey was stability is the thing that felt like was missing. Mm. And so I think for a lot of the younger generation, that stability is the thing that is the most important because with stability comes consistency. And so I started my journey really early alongside when I also picked up a camera for the first time, which was about 2005. Mm. At the same time, I started to do youth work on the front line of youth work, like right in the heart, actually down the road from here in um, Homerton and just round the back in um, Shakespeare Walk and then over in um, Hoxton at the crib. So it was um, a woman called Mama Hackney, well, Auntie Jan, we Aww. call her, everyone knows her as Mama Hackney, who runs a crib. But she's known me since I was a kid, and so I went into working with young people with her. And then from there, it spread into working with so many different organizations. Yeah. And what I learned from all of that time, again, it kind of come back to stability, because if, a, if funding for a project would end, uh, then the project would just end. It would literally just be cut short. Yeah. And it meant that the journey and the progress and the, even the trust and the relationship, everything was cut short and it felt kind of counterproductive. So I wanted to set up an organization where we could ensure that there was a long-term support system, a 360-degree support system in place that could ensure that on your journey, as well as changing the face of the industry, which is very important to us, and all of my own experiences. Even though I look how I look, I experienced a lot of um, blocks with the work that I was doing. Yeah. And so me understanding that meant that I wanted to create something that could change that for the long term. And it started small, and now we're in our 13th year. We have Jeez. a staff team of 12. We're supporting 70 young, um, upcoming creative, talented people and hundreds and even thousands more through the online masterclasses and through the, the work that we put on the channel and all the films and projects and young creatives that we support there. Yeah. And to, 
the short answer is <laughs> they are the next generation. So we need to invest in the next generation um, in order to really see the type of industry that reflects the communities that we're from and the communities that we serve. I love that. Can we give a round of applause to that? Such a beautiful, beautiful journey. And I think that's, that's exactly, you knew what it felt like to be that young person that felt like they didn't know what they were doing and they needed a little help. So Fully. it makes so much sense that you would, you know, pay it forward. And you are literally flying the flag for youth content, which I love. Like, you know, I can't lie, I'm a big woman now, but this... <laughs> This was definitely a major part of my, my journey and like, you know, connecting with youth content and stuff like, you know, I, I've followed your channels for so many years and he will always, if you know Teddy, he'll be like, yo, Ramel, I got work. I'm like, let's work, baby, let's work. So yeah, thank you, thank you. Do you know you. what though, that point is so important because all of us as creatives, we've all come up in the industry and we've had to do stuff for free. And yes. we also know that if you don't ask, they will keep, getting us to do stuff for free. Facts. So our motto has always been pay. And I don't really pick up the phone unless there's money there. <laughs> That's just how I've always been. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to respect the hustle, man. That's the best way to be. Uh, so, Rubina, a multifaceted queen. You are both behind the scenes, as you mentioned, head of short form at ITN, and you're behind the mic with Brown Girls Do It To The Podcast. Uh, <laughs> yes, we've got some fans in here as well. Um, so tell us a little bit about your start in TV, but also the fact that you've transitioned to being a personality, mm -hmm. a winning podcaster. I mean, is that a big transition for you? So let's go from the beginning to, to, to how it is being. Yeah, Fabulous. sure. So I think similarly, when I was young, all I wanted to do was be a filmmaker. I was really into the movies. I watched everything and I was obsessed with that. But I didn't come from a family that would have ever told me, you know, there's a thing called film school or you could go to art school. Like that was never an option for me. I just knew that I had to like get educated, go to university, do those things. Um, but every time and every moment I had, I had a camera. I was always filming friends. I was making videos. I was editing. I was learning. I was doing like in-camera editing on like a kind of, you know, tape camera. Oh, she said tape. <laughs> yeah. Back in the day, you guys yeah. don't know what that is, but it's fine. Uh, and I was like really into technology and I was really into um, like kind of being a geek about it. Like how could I make it all work and how does it all piece together? And when I watched any movies, I'd be like, oh, right. How did that work? Is that a sound effect? Was that real? And I was really interested in all the technicalities of it. Um, and then when I left university, I was like, couldn't get into the industry, couldn't get an internship, couldn't get anything for ages. But I did get a job at the BFI, which is the British Film Institute in the South Bank as a cinema usher. And I worked there for four years on and off because uh, I had a zero hours contract. But it was my film school because I got to watch like films from all around the world and really like learn about storytelling and picture and directors and music. And I got to go to the film festival every year and I got to meet other people who were working there. I don't know if you've had like a mundane job, like if you've worked in a bar or if you've worked in retail and oh, actually realized done it all. all the people that you're working with are actually incredibly talented. Like those are the cool peers that you meet early on in your career that will go on to do amazing stuff. Um, and that time at the BFI was like really grounding because I was like, cool, I do want to do this and I think I know how to get in and I'm going to just keep trying. I had an internship at BAFTA, 175 pounds a week. Uh, I had like lots of different things that I was trying to make work and then I finally got, um, there was like a shed media internship and I got into the final 10. And I remember having an interview right at the end and they said, we're not going to give you the internship. 
we're going to give you a job. Jeez. And I remember being like, shit, this is my step in. And I worked at a comedy company. I worked in current affairs. I worked on like live television for BBC Three. Um, lots of kind of factual shows, lots of fact and stuff. I love comedy, that kind of bit between fact and entertainment. I really like all of that. Uh, and yeah, I don't know what happened because I didn't, I, I didn't have a big ambition like you and I wish I had. I wish I'd thought back, I, this is what I want to do. Um, and instead I've just let my career be dictated by opportunities, which I think does happen, right? You know, you're just like, well, they, they think I'm cool. I'm going to go do that for a while. Um, and then because I was really into video making, I wanted to learn about audio, like how do you record crisp audio? And then I decided to do my own podcast, which I did with a friend under a duvet with a mic, trying to get it really good and sound. <laughs> And I did a podcast that was just like really grassroots, really low key. And I did it in my weekend and my spare time. We set up an Instagram account for it. And then somebody from the BBC Asian Network heard an episode wow. where we were talking about sex. And he said, I want to do a podcast about brown women talking about sex. Would you be up for it? And so I did that too. And it's been really fun like doing it the other way because if you are ever in the edit and you've done all your video and you're like cutting sound bites together and you're like, okay, cool, that, that's what is nice. And then you're in front of the mic and you're like, shit, I got to think in sound bites. I got to speak in sound bites. <laughs> because that's the stuff that they'll make it into the edit. And yep. so that's a really interesting way when you come from it from the, the edit into the front. Wow. I love that. Like, what are my sound bites today? <laughs> <laughs> you can only sound bites from Elle. <laughs> I mean, I love a sound bite. But um, no, that, that is such an incredible journey as well. And I love that you said you let the opportunities kind of lead you and direct you because that is such a unique thing that you were basically getting jobs and that just developed and you were, it's kind of like a word of mouth thing. Like each time you got a job, you applied for something. Did you, was you actively applying for jobs or was it? This is the really interesting thing all of us know about the industry, right? It's all word of mouth. Like you get your first job, you get this first opportunity, you got to impress the shit out of them yeah. so that they can recommend you to the next person, to the next person, to the next person. And then all of your references are the most important stuff. Like never leave a job unless they're really horrible to you don't ever leave without it being amicable. Like that is your reputation. It's really important in this industry. Um, and people work with people they like. Yeah, facts, love that. And I just love the transition of you guys being like, yeah, we're just gonna make a, a podcast. Um, yeah, we just won a couple of awards. Yeah, the BBC Asian Network, killing it, really wanna work with us. That is beautiful. And it's the authenticity of that as well. You weren't like, oh, we need to be on this platform. You're like, actually, it just is organically sick. <laughs> I love that for you. And yeah, congratulations. Can we give a round of applause to Rubina? Because that journey is incredible too. So one thing I will say, you've proven that it is possible to make it in the mainstream by being independent, having your own platforms. Um, so obviously with the podcast, you know, you was approached. And Teddy, starting on YouTube, like that is always going to be scary. I'm sure there's a lot of creators that are thinking, oh, start a whole channel myself. Ew. So, <laughs> so um, what moment or project or was there a major collab that made you think, I think you've kind of touched on it a little bit, Rubina, but is there a major collab or project that you're like, oh my gosh, I think we've made it. I think we're in the mainstream right now. So let's start with you, Teddy. I think we're always making it. So, okay, I like that. You know, the nature of um, being ambitious, I guess, and human nature as well is you're always thinking about where you want to get to or, you know, you get to somewhere and you, your, your sights are at the next place. But within that, it's always really important to celebrate 
where you've got to along the way. Definitely. And that's something we've always done at Fully Focused. Anyone who's been to any of our events know. And it's, and it's all year because we have so many different events and screenings and more than ever now. And we always have encouraged to celebrate each step of the journey. So it's not, it's not a negative in thinking about where you want to be next because it's also staying grounded and reflecting on the past. But I would say there's still, there's still so much for us to do and so Definitely. much for us to achieve. So that's why I say I haven't considered it as we've made it. But in terms of feeling like we've arrived. Okay, okay. You know, I like that. I think it, it would have, to, I mean, we're, when you hit 10 years, I think things start to happen. People start to realize that you know what you're doing because yeah. you've navigated and been through the storms and ridden the waves and the ups and downs and you're still here yeah. and you're still doing what you said that you were going to do 10 in our case 13 years ago but Prue would be yes. would be the thing so Prue if, for anyone who's never heard of it it's a, a four-part comedy drama series set in a pupil referral unit which is a school for excluded children and um, it's with BBC comedy and BBC three currently lives on iPlayer and um, this was a commission by the BBC for Fully Focused. And what made it so special is that we were left to do what we do. Mm. And that meant that we, the way we worked on set and the way that we conducted our production was in a fully focused way. So we were able to create 60 paid placements all the way from the writer's room, even in the casting process, even how we cast, with, yep. we did Insta live castings. It was very much about the realest, openest, most genuine, authenticness of realness <laughs> possible. And then throughout the whole production and the post-production process. And um, that meant, you know, we had 80, 90 people on set every day. Yeah. And a lot of that was younger generation coming through and learning skills and building up their CVs as well as other great people we were able to bring through. So that, and I was lucky enough to direct it as well, Amazing. which for me is part of what I've been building up to over all these years as a director, has been able to direct a show on TV that is something I care about. Oh, love that. Can I just say, Prue is hilarious. The cast are incredible. They're actually featured on the mainstream podcast, so please do listen to that episode. But even the cast talk about how genuine and how family orientated that set was like it sounded like the most i don't even know how to describe it listen to the podcast you'll hear them say it but um <laughs> they made me feel like i was missing out by not being on set <laughs> and i was like you guys had fun and that's a beautiful thing to hear because yeah. the industry's hard yes. and they had the best time yes that's beautiful yes it, it thank you romel it is really really challenging and tough like it's somewhere we all aspire to be but the hours can be incredibly immense the pressure and also there's a lot of toxicity on set still oh, gosh, yeah. you know and so our goal is to make all sets feel like a fully focused set because the most nurturing environment is the most productive right yeah. and we want to have fun we've been trying to arrive at this place for how many years Yes, it was in COVID. Yes, it was in the coldest, darkest depths of winter where it gets cold at three, dark at 3 p.m. and you've got to get your schedule and you only got 26 days to get four episodes, which is over 800 slates in the can 
in 26 days. And yes, there was lots of people on set that were new, including the cast, who a lot of them was their first job. And yes, there was sometimes eight-handers that we had to shoot and all the different challenges, but it's about enjoying what you're doing because this is what we've asked for. So when you get your opportunity, if you go with that mindset, it's going to be the, the best version of what you want it to be. You have arrived. <laughs> I love that. Soundbite. <laughs> <laughs> Just the beginning. <laughs> love that. Love that. Thank you. And Rabina, for you, obviously, Brown Girls Do It Too was super independent, as you said, under a duvet. <laughs> so were there any major moments where you were like, oh, we've made it, we've arrived? I kind of agree with you, actually. I think if you've made it, then you'll just stop trying because you're like, we're done. Like, okay. what else is there to achieve? I feel like we still got a long way to go, the stuff that we'd like to do. Um, we did a TED Talk earlier this year. <gasps> and that was, a pretty, that was a pretty big moment. I remember being like, it was at Sadler's Wells, and there was like a 1,000 people in the audience. And we were like the last people to come on. And the woman before us was this amazing Iranian activist who just in this like really powerful story where she'd ended up cutting her hair on stage oh. in front of everyone. And me and Poppy were in the wings being like, right, we're about to go on and talk about <laughs> fanny farts. That? Is that going to... Do you think we need to... Is, are we supposed to be here? Like, have they scheduled this correctly? But that was a real moment because we came off the stage and the Iranian woman came up to us afterwards and she was like, I love that we're doing the same thing. And I was like, no, man, you're like this amazing activist and like cutting off your hair. We're just like being clowns. But I guess it's like understanding that there is some kind of radical activism in yeah. our podcast. And, 100. and that felt really good. That felt like, okay, we're doing something. It feels like powerful. That's amazing. I love that. You're like, mm, I don't know if this is the same, same arena, but uh, <laughs> we're here. We've arrived. Love that. Love that. Okay, so... I think it's really important that we drill home that creators, if you have an idea, do it. Don't be afraid. And um, especially with the success of independent podcasts, YouTube, TikTok, and loads of social media uh, platforms, creators have the opportunity to do it themselves. But, but, do you think they should still aspire to be in the mainstream on, you know, established platforms, broadcasting channels, like, you know, I'm sure there's people that are killing it themselves, got like millions of subscribers, but is it something to consider about partnering with a major, major broadcaster? Who do you want to throw it to first? Anyone, <laughs> it's up to you guys. You go no, you go for it. Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you. Um, so I would say my personal take on that is stronger together and being an island on your own, you can only be an island on your own for so long. So for us, we specifically built our own thing with a mentality of build it and they will come. Mm -hmm. But it's not just about build it and they will come, it's about build it and they will come and then we will also come for them. Yeah. Because if, if you're on your own, no matter how great you've built is what you've built, it's, feels a bit us and them, but really for us to change things forever, we need to be together, working together. So bringing your independence to the mainstream is what the mainstream needs. 100%. That's the flavor, yep. that's the source, <laughs> you know? So that's really important to, to, to collaborate when the time is right for you, you that know? Makes sense. Yeah, I would say, I kind, of, I kind of think if you're a content creator and you're making your own stuff, that's the most 
wonderful bit of amateur making you could do because broadcasters have slots and financial imperatives and commissioners and uh, they just think about things differently. If you're making your creative stuff, no one else is filtering it, right? Mm. You need your own execs, right? You need your friends who are gonna watch your stuff and make sure it's good before it goes out. There should be that level of it. But that is really beautiful because you don't have anyone interrupting you. When you get into the industry and you have an idea for a documentary, you get it commissioned by a commissioner, then there's an exec, there's an AP, there's the contributors who have their opinion on how it's gonna be made. There's many opinions that you have to navigate to make this thing. But if it's just you in your bedroom, so cool you get to do this thing that's just purely you. And so I think it's really important to like hone that and protect it for, for what it is and be proud of it. And yes, there are broadcasters and there's money and there's a system, but what you're doing is also like incredibly valid. And I think, I don't know, like rating them a little bit equally is nice too. Yeah, that's really, and really. Just to add to what Rabina said as well, I think um, it, is, it is so important because ultimately if you're, that, you build your own thing and there's freedom in that. And so that freedom is the, probably the best time of your life because yeah. you can just create, you know, and that's what you want, freedom of expression, right? And as soon as you start working in with bigger structures, that comes with restrictions. And it's important to still learn how to navigate those restrictions. But for us, I think we got to a place where we slowly worked with enough different people to understand how to navigate that. So then when it was time to go into the mainstream mainstream, because I think there's different levels of it depending on, you know, there's different layers of commissioning, there's yeah. different layers of people that can commission you. You know, there's brands, there's agencies, there's broadcasters, there's streamers. And as you navigate through, I think it helps you to know how and when to adapt and how to pick your battles as yes. well. Because ultimately, you want to you want to um, retain as much of your strength mm -hmm. and your original um, ideas as possible, your Definitely. identity, but you also have to please a lot of other people. You know, even in Prue, in the edit, sometimes I was getting 100 notes from five different people and a lot of them conflicted with each other. And you've got to be in a place where you know how to navigate that. And it's, that's not easy. And sometimes, you know, we want to get somewhere so badly, we don't understand what it's going to be like when we get there. So I think, yeah, going on that journey and, and finding that kind of stability again within yeah. you will, will help to navigate that. But also, like, I, I hope I didn't say anything that made you think you should be just making stuff for free in your spare time, which you should be doing anyway, because I was doing it all the time, and I still do it. But I think there is, there is a way to think that your independence can be funded. So, like, Arts Council funding will fund your films. You should try and go that route as well, and do both. Like, I don't know anyone who works in the industry who doesn't have a side hustle. Yeah. Like, we're all people who are like, I do a podcast at the weekends, I, like, make clothes, I might sell vintage stuff. You know, like, everyone has stuff that they're just like, I got my hands in many pies, because it all helps you become who you are because the, the industry still has a, a structure and a way of working and if there's stuff that you want to achieve that, and you can't always get that easily just do it anyway yeah that's yeah. perfect that's perfect and yeah I, I, we definitely understood you like you know it is about having that creative control more than anything and i think teddy you've proven that more than anything that you guys made sure on the set of Prue, even though it's commissioned by bbc3 it's going on iplayer you make sure you get the fully focused package 
So that is a beautiful thing. So, um, yeah. Um, Ravina, I want to touch back to the fact that you are the head of short form mm -hmm. at ITN. That's huge. And I think that's an incredible, incredible testament to your producer hat, um, which is incredible. Um, but I, I actually assumed that you had the commissioning powers. <laughs> I didn't know what to call it. Commissioning powers. But um, you, you explained just before we came on, it's a little bit more different to that because I was really interested in finding out how easy is it for new talent to, to be a part of ITN? But can you give us a little bit like Yeah, sure. I, I was going to say, I should explain what ITN Productions is, because I think if any of you hear that, they're like, she works for a corporate production company or she works for ITV. I don't work for either of those things. Um, I work for a, a production company called ITN Productions. And they're, they're probably one of the biggest production companies in the country. They're, they're big. They're like BBC scale size. They're like large. Um, and they have like an archive that dates back to the 50s. But most interestingly, they're probably the only production company in the world that have three newsrooms in the building. So we make Channel 4 News, Channel 5 News, and ITV News. Um, and then we have the production arm, which makes lots of documentaries. So we made uh, Four Sama, which was an Oscar-nominated documentary. Uh, we've made lots of Channel 5 royal documentaries. Uh, we did the Prince Harry interview recently with Tom Bradbury. That was us. Um, we do a lot of like factual current affairs, dispatches type programming. And then I look after short form, which is like the weird startup within ITN, where we make videos and podcasts, and we um, pitch to clients like Channel 4, BBC3, or Audible, Spotify, BBC Sounds, and I make podcasts and video. My job is to think up ideas for podcasts and video, go to commissioners, say, you should really buy this. I'm going to make it great. <laughs> and then they give us the money, and we go and make it. Um, but 90% of my job is them saying, no, we don't want it. Um, that's resilience is the really key 100. you have to have in a, yeah, it's, oh, it's yes. a war resilience. of attrition, the immediate industry, because you'll get a lot of no's, but just hold out for that yes, because it's coming. Um, yes. And what was the other part of the question? I can't remember, I just balladed on. For new talent, how can they, in, in all honesty, get in? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, like, social media has, like, got such an incredible power. And, it's, you know, it's really democratic. Like, all of us have phones. All of us can do a little bit of, of it by ourselves. And I think a lot of new talent who are honing who their brand is, becoming a content creator, are just, like, connecting with people. Like, Saba here, he's in the audience. He's like, he's, like, one of those people that's just, like, really hungry and goes and meets everyone and talks to everyone and is, like, a person that you're, like, okay, cool, you're, like, going to be someone. Like, I don't even, you don't even need my help because you're, like, doing all the things. So, like, trying to meet as many people for like a coffee and if you watch TV if you watch anything on TV and you like it stay for the credits I know that iPlayer do that thing now where they make it really small and you're like what was happening <laughs> click onto it stay for the credits email the exec email the AP email anyone and be like can I have a coffee if there's any jobs in that thing that you would want in the end contact the people that are doing them now and if I wouldn't start with the exec because they're really busy but maybe go to like the researcher or like the sound designer and be like how was the set what was it like could you talk to me everyone would love to share their knowledge with you just find the right people to speak to you love that <laughs> well clearly i mean we're in the tip sharing section of of the the, the chat today um so i am going to open up to the floor but before i do that so have your questions ready and have your pen and paper ready if you're taking notes today um or the notes section in your phone. My question to both you, Teddy and Rabina, what are your tips to making it in the mainstream? So in the podcast, we usually, we usually ask for five, but we're a little limited for time. So um, well, one major tip from either of you, or you can do a little bonus tip as well. Who would like to go first? You go first. Um, okay, <laughs> tips to get into the mainstream. Um, 
like try to get to know how the system works because I think that's one thing that nobody really thinks about. And one thing I would, oh, actually, no, I got it. Money. Think about money. If you want to make money with your life, know how programs, podcasts, television, streamers, how they make money. Where does the money come from? How does it filter down? And then when a company acquires a, a commission, how that money gets separated into who's who and learn about how much a person at your level gets paid. There are so many people who are really underpaid at their levels because they don't understand that they can comparatively ask their peer how much they're getting paid and join a union. Oof, yes, wow. Rabina came with the fire. Love that. Okay, Teddy. Um, be in it for the long term because yes, in the very odd example, sometimes people get through yeah. early, quickly, but mainly it's a long journey that you've got to be prepared to be in for the long. I hear you. Long, whatever. Yeah. Long time. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> so what I would say is, um, make sure that whatever you're doing alongside that goal, it's also feeding your passion, yeah. so that you don't give up on your long-term goal. And that's half the problem in the creative world is you've got to work while you're trying to bring in the money from what you love. Yeah. And if you're working in an environment that you really don't like or that's crushing your spirit, you're going to end up wanting to give up. So try and find something that aligns so that you can keep planning and keep plotting. And like Rabina said, there's a lot of rejections. Oh, gosh, yeah. And there's a lot of being left hanging and hanging and hanging and hanging and not knowing... And You're thinking, talking to me, Teddy. You're talking to oh, me right now. Oh, gosh. <laughs> this is why we end up doing things independently, because you want to get it done and have some control yourself. And I think that's, that's a good thing to do, too. So having that as well, go out there, do it yourself, and keep building, as well as be patient and never, ever, 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 ever give up. Never, ever, ever. I love that. Thank you so much. OK, I would love to open up to the floor. Oh, See, Rabina, you're onto something. <laughs> the young man who put his hand up first is who she was talking about. Always ready with a notepad. Yes, I love this. That's about me, you know. Um, do you know the point you made about getting paid for like um, doing pieces on TV and stuff? It's a conversation I find it hard, quite hard to navigate around. Like I've done stuff with. If Talk TV are here, yeah, you still owe me money. Yeah. Like I've, I did a few pieces with Trisha Goddard on her show and. When I asked them to pay me, they never ever got back to me. And now I'm at a stage where I feel embarrassed to ask them to pay. And the money goes to charity, because I work for it, I sponsor a charity. But then at the same time, if I ask them, I feel like they're never going to use me again. So what kind of a message, or how do you ask them to send you the money, like respectfully? Because it's, a hard, it's, it's hard being someone of colour and being on TV and then being written off, because you ask for something which sometimes you're old, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think, I think it is hard. I like asking, if you get asked to do something, you're like, oh, this is such a great opportunity. Yes, of course, I'm going to say yes straight away. I still find it hard. Yeah. Like, I get requests to, like, go do a talk on somewhere, and I'm like, wait, am I getting paid for that? But I never ask. Like, I wouldn't ask at the start either, because I think I'm a bit like you. I'd be like, well, it's just cool. Like, someone's given me a chance. Like, I want to mm -hmm. take it. And when you're starting, you say yes to all sorts of mad shit that you're like, maybe I shouldn't have even said yes to that. But, like, I think you have to learn to talk about money. Yeah. And you have to learn to do it in a way that you're comfortable with. But always, if someone's asking you to do something, you can always ask at the top, can I just ask if there is, is there a fee for this? Yep. They can say no, and you can still decide to do it. I think mm. it's just important to, to have that up front. 
for yourself. Yeah, I think that's good advice. And also to clarify, when I said about I don't pick up the phone unless there's money there, I was talking about when I'm calling somebody to ask them to do something for us. But for me, still to this day, there are things I'll do because I want to do them. And so, yeah, you've got to, you've got to make that choice uh, within yourself. It doesn't, I think it's important. It doesn't mean that you don't know your worth mm. if you do something for free because you love it and you really want to do it. You can still mm. know your worth and still do that. I 100% agree. I just want to throw out a little tip that I used to use when I first started out. Make up a fake manager. <laughs> Sometimes it's really important that it doesn't sound like it's coming from you because unfortunately sometimes people don't always re recognize that you know oh they're just my friend they're doing it as a favor oh they really want to be here you can be like oh i'm just going to pass you on to my to my manager this person doesn't exist it's just you switching up on your you know uh, well, like uh, creating a fake profile creating a well, you don't have to do the whole catfish but <laughs> <laughs> but like even having like a, a, a fake name at the bottom of your signature it sounds really cheeky but trust me it works like i use my friend's name charlie um, I literally said to him, yo, bro, I'm going to use your name. Because he wanted to be in talent management anyway. He was like, go ahead, use my name. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, my talent manager, Charlie, will handle this. <laughs> Hand over to the fake email that Charlie uses. It's me. Like, I'm just like, hi, Ramel's feet is... That's genius. Because sometimes they don't take you seriously. Not, in, not because they don't value you, but because sometimes they actually think you're friends. And it's really hard having that conversation with a friend sometimes. So yeah, don't be afraid to make a fake, fake manager for a while until you get your real manager. But yeah, I hope, I hope all of this contributes. <laughs> also, just finally, sometimes it's about looking at it as an investment. If you feel that it is genuinely gonna lead to more opportunities Definitely. for you, then it's obviously worth doing. If it just feels like they're taking the piss, yeah. Then you can just say no. And they have money, right? Pay me. You yeah. walk onto a set, you're like, you have money. Some, there's <laughs> look money at the somewhere. building, look at this. Someone come and look at this. <laughs> Someone's got money. <laughs> <laughs> Love that, thank you. Um, the mic is over here. We've got a question. I'm going to try and squeeze as many in as possible. Hello. Um, apologies if this is not it's sort of too niche, um, but talking about doing it outside of the mainstream, uh, for people who are intersectionalities are like disabled, for example, um, who have even more barriers to access to the industry. Do you have any particular tips there? Because I already broke into the industry once, became physically disabled, and now I'm having to try and break in again, and it's very different. Wow. Mm. Interesting. Was the question about how to, how to break back in after you've come back out yeah. and opportunities for people with disabilities? Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, I don't think the industry is doing enough at yeah. all in that space. And it's funny, I feel like every year there seems to be like a refocus into like a different minority group. And they're like, what about you guys? We should be helping you guys out. Is there any funding here? What about you guys? And it just shifts and shifts and shifts. Um, I think it's about finding more people who are like in that community for yourself as well and finding out how they're getting in. Um, I've definitely been in offices where I've been like so impressed by the diversity in the room and been like, wow, this is, this is like really cool and I want to work there for a long time. And others where I'm like, what are we doing? Mm. And actually to realize it's my responsibility as much as it is yours, as much as it's anyone in that room to make sure we're, we're helping that feel better. There's a lot of like gatekeepers in the top and there's a lot of things that change. I don't know if you watched the Olivia Awards this year, which is like a big theater award ceremony. And there was the woman who won an award, but she was in a wheelchair and she couldn't go and collect her award last year. 
Um, and this year they built a ramp and she came on stage and she was like, thanks for the ramp, guys. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? It was just a ramp. And actually when you realize like the, those barriers, they're really like simple to relinquish and like we should all be taking part in helping us, you know, break them down. Gosh. Yeah, it feels like there's more focus and more opportunities and more awareness of disability now. So hopefully there are avenues to explore. And I guess coming back in to the industry is good because you've had the previous experiences that you can take from and learn from and now look at what you want to do and how you want to do what you want to do differently. But um, the team is here today if you want to connect with us and um, Rosa's here and Sel's here. There's quite a few of us here and um, I'm sure that like, we can help in some way, shape or form. Amazing, thank you. Okay, we're gonna squeeze in. I'm so sorry guys, squeeze in one more question. I'm actually gonna help with an answer, if that's okay. It's not oh. a question. So I wanna contribute, it's Jules, I'm from Brazen Productions. Um, great advice for these guys, but also in terms of intersectionality and particularly disability, I look at deaf and disabled people in TV. They have a fantastic forum. Look at Triple C Dank. They have amazing resources. They've just put up 12 foot, 10 films that, that follow a production all the way through. You can watch 10 minute films that show you every single department of a high end TV drama production called Ralph and Katie. So those are two fantastic resources um, for anyone who is coming back to the industry with an acquired disability or anybody who's neurodiverse, autistic, deaf, disabled. Um, so write those down if you're looking to get in, into the industry or back into the industry. There's some great resources and screen skills. Sorry, I just wanted to sort of add an answer. No, to that's that. really helpful. No, thank you. Definitely. That is so helpful. And we really appreciate you being able to share that with us today. Unfortunately, guys, that's all the time we have this morning. But can we give another massive round of applause to our special guests, Rabina and Teddy, you guys. And Ramel. Oh, thank you, thank you. You guys absolutely dropped the gems as expected. Um, where can they find you? How can they connect with you? Um, so... MYM on YouTube, um, MYM on TikTok, at UK Fully Focused on Insta, and here today, here tonight, here and everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Rabina Pavani on all my socials and my email, my work emails and my Twitter if anyone wants to drop me a line. Love that, thank you. And please do follow The Mainstream. That's at The Mainstream UK on Twitter, Instagram and LinkedIn. We're trying to get connected out here. Um, also, you can find me as well, Ramel underscore London, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, everything. <laughs> we out here. Um, but please do follow The Mainstream Podcast. This was actually a live recording, guys. Guys. Woo. Woo -woo. Yeah. So if you do have a friend and you're like, oh my gosh, you missed out, they can actually listen back to this on the mainstream podcast. So please do follow that on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or wherever, get, wherever you get your podcasts. And thank you so much for being here. Enjoy the day, network. And thank you for having me. Have a great day. Bye. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Mainstream Podcast with me, Ramel London. Please rate, follow and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And follow us at The Mainstream UK and at Ramel underscore London on Twitter and Instagram.